This week on the Encouragers United podcast, I visited Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio, for a conversation with Vice President for Marketing and Partnerships with Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village, John Regis. John is a hardworking, positive-minded leader whose drive and passionate enthusiasm for excellence reminds us all to take responsibility for our own success. If you want this to happen, it's up to you. It's 100% up to you and nobody else. Don't count on your mom and dad. Don't count on your coach. Don't count on your mentor to open up a door or somebody else. It is 1,000% up to you. You have to go out and you have to get it. You have to earn it and, and make it happen yourself. John Regis serves as the Vice President for Marketing and Partnerships at the Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village, an integrated destination resort connected to the Professional Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. He leads the team responsible for partnerships, special events, and all marketing. The Stark County, Ohio native who played his college football games in Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium has an extensive background in business and sports administration. Prior to joining the village staff, John served as the director of athletics for the Franklin Community Schools in Indiana. John got his start, however, as a sports marketing executive for Gator Sports Marketing IMG College at the University of Florida. John earned his undergraduate degree at nearby Malone University and his MBA and MSA degrees at Ohio University. And he and his wife Morgan are the proud parents of five children and reside in Hartville, Ohio. Good morning, John. I'm here uh, as a pleasure to sit in the top of the press box here at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium with John Regis. John, tell us a little bit, just a brief history of, of your journey. And uh, you serve as a vice president here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, working really close with Johnson Controls. But yeah. give us a little, just a little background on yourself. Yeah, the quick the quick version, and thanks for having me on. I really appreciate this. I'm so excited about this. Uh, not only because it's just fun to do these things, but because it's you. You know, um, Charlie was my track coach at Malone University when I was a youngster, and he still to this day I say the best coach I ever had, the best coach I ever had in many many different respects. So we we go way back. And uh, so, so that first and foremost, it's a pleasure to do it because of that reason. But just to give my, my background, I grew up around here. I uh, grew up in Stark County, uh, Hartville, Uniontown area, like high school graduate. Even when I was in high school, you know, I just thought, I want to I do something in sports administration. I love sports. I played, played three sports in high school, played two sports in college. And uh, so really, even even at that age, I, I shadowed my athletic director and, and followed him around and swept floors and put trophies together and did awards and anything I could do to, to just get experience. Grew up around here, um, ended up being recruited to Malone uh, as a football and track athlete, as you know. Competed there. Some of the best years of my life were at Malone, Malone College at the time, now Malone University. Really formative you know, great experiences, learned so much, learned so many different values from competing as an athlete uh, in both sports. You know, it was a great experience. I, would, I wouldn't have done it any differently. Now, looking back all these years later, I, I would do the exact same experience because I learned so much through it. Um, but after I graduated from Malone, I was really looking 
to what was next in, in my, my uh, I was a double major in business administration and sport management. And so wanted to continue to pursue that sports administration uh, path, industry. And so Ohio University actually has the number one sports administration program in the entire world. It was the first one. It started in 1952. They've kept up that ranking. And so that was really my goal. My one and only goal was to get into that particular program. And so I did a bunch of crazy things and, uh, you know, called people and knocked on doors and called again and knocked on doors again and got in my car and drove and did all kinds of things that um, crazy people do. And, and ultimately, they, they, they let me in um, with a bunch of other really great people. And uh, it was awesome. You know, I mean, that that's meant everything to me that uh, graduate degree. So the way the program set up, you get your MBA your first year, you get your MSA, Master's in Sports Administration, your second year. And uh, so I was there for a couple of years. Again, an unbelievable experience. So many friends and, and colleagues that I met along the way. And then postgraduate uh, from, from there. So that was kind of the, the finalization of, uh, of a long career of education for me. And, uh, and then it really got started. So I was an intern at the University of Washington as a part of that uh, my degree completion at Ohio. And then after that, I started at the University of Florida. Uh, there's a story I could share there too, maybe some other time or, or maybe later on in this, in this interview, but started at the University of Florida and uh, working in their athletic department. My, the advice I got from people was, you know, start out the biggest and the best you can go to. And if you don't like it there, you can always go to another division. You can always go to another conference or league or another area. And so, Starting at the University of Florida, you know, perennial top five Directors Cup, Division One, great athletic programs, great administration, great coaches. Um, we won seven national championships when I was there during a five year span, including two in football and two in men's basketball, which is just unheard of and may never be done again. So I learned so much. I met so many great people, got to work with people like Tim Tebow and Urban yep. Meyer and Billy Donovan and it was just an unbelievable experience. Um, so, but then, um, you know, we were building that network down in Florida and things were going well. I wasn't looking to necessarily leave, but one day I got a phone call from a superintendent in Indiana back here in the Midwest and saying, hey, we're, we're going to do something a little different. We just built a $230 million high school. We want to create a district athletic director. It was always my dream and my goal of coming to AD. Um, as you know, and as I told you when I was an undergrad, when I was in, you know, a student alone. And so um, I ended up, uh, my wife and I and my family, we moved up to Indiana and I took that job and it was a tremendous, tremendous learning opportunity and growth opportunity for us. Um, it, it grew us and stretched us in ways we never, ever would, would have imagined. Um, and I feel like nothing could have prepared me for that job quite, <laughs> which I know you yeah. can you can um, understand as the AD at Malone for all those years. But it was now I don't think there's anything I could have done that would have taught me as much either. Yes. So I'm really grateful that I got that opportunity um, and grateful to them. So I was there for four years. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, I feel like you know, a lot of really good things happened as a result of that and, and are still happening to this day, which is neat to see. But then um, got the call. So actually, I was here speaking to Malone students about sport management. Uh, so came back home for that event. And then as a part of that, uh, met with a friend of ours, Mark Bankert. Uh, and he sat, he sat me down and he said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about moving back? And I thought, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've my wife and I have five kids, and, and we love Canton, Ohio. We love Stark County. 
This is where all of our family is. This yes. is where we grew up. And uh, so I said, yeah, absolutely. And he said, well, I need to introduce you to some people over at the Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They are about to embark on huge expansion project um, that you, you could get involved in, you know, in a very significant way. And I said, okay, let's let's set up the meeting. I'm open. So, yeah. so he set it up and made it possible. And uh, I met with a guy named David Baker, who's the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I thought he might give me about 15 to 20 minutes. He ended up giving me an hour and a half. And, and it's really funny. He calls me. So, so I meet with David. And then, you know, about a week goes by. And in the meantime, of course, I'm doing all my research on David Baker and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm reading every article and I'm watching every YouTube video that's out there. And I know everything about David at this point, you know. And he calls me back. I get this phone number that's a Canton, Ohio number pop up on my phone. I said, well, I wonder if that's him, you know. So I answer the phone and I said, hello. And he said, hi, is this John? I said, yes, it is. And he said, hi, John, this is David Baker. I'm the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Do you remember me? <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, 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 yeah I do sure. remember yeah. you. Yeah, sure thing. And David's also 6'9", 400 pounds yes. and has a hand that, you know, swallows your hand when you shake it. So I definitely, definitely would never have forgotten him. But that's David Baker, if you know him. Yep. And so he, uh, so he, he offered me the job on, on the spot and I've uh, been here ever since. So I've been here. Now about three years. You started as uh, it just uh, just give us a brief kind yeah. of connection here because last fall you were promoted. We'll talk about that in a second. But where did you start? And what was your what was your job here? I started out really managing the relationship. So this expansion project that we are undertaking right now um, has a naming rights sponsor, which is Johnson Controls, a, a Fortune seventy company based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They, I started out really managing that relationship yep. for the Pro Football Hall of Fame because they had just entered into the naming rights agreement, an 18-year naming rights deal where they would become Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village. So yes. that's where I started out. Yeah, we, we here in the Canton community are very familiar with that brand and now that logo and, you know, the, the last... How, was that four years ago now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So back in the fall, you were, you know, blessed with a promotion. You've now got the title of the Vice President of Marketing and Partnerships for Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village. That's your formal title. Now, how did your job change back in the fall? Did they promote you, uh, manage some other partnerships or some other yeah. marketing efforts then? Yeah, and it had expanded really beyond before I got the promotion. It had just, as most jobs do, when you're, especially when you're in a startup situation like us and you're doing something new that's never been done, it changes, right? So you come in one day and then a year later, the job's completely different. So we had other partnerships that had also come along yeah. after Johnson yeah. Controls. And who was the right guy to take those? It was me. Well, you know, they identified you yeah, as. Of, yeah. of course. Yeah. So um, so I had taken on three or four other partnerships uh, as well, in addition to the Johnson Controls relationship, which the Johnson Controls deal is the largest sports sponsorship yes. in the state of Ohio. Yep. So it's a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot at stake there. And so... Just even managing that was in and of itself yes. a full-time job, but then to take on these others. And then really, as we started to build out our organization in terms of marketing and special events, um, that also then came under my umbrella as well. So we hired a couple people to take some of the responsibilities that yeah. I had and then allow me to oversee it and then bring in marketing and special events as well into my day-to-day -day responsibilities. Yeah, for, for listeners that may not know, tell us about the first, uh, you know, the last week of July and the first week of August here every year in Canton, Ohio. What's that like yeah. as a as a youngster growing up? You know, you're a product of Stark County, like you said. 
Uh, it's in your blood. It's in your DNA. But now, what a joy to to work in a position where you're influencing this event. Tell us about those two or three weeks uh, here in late summer uh, before school starts. What's that like yeah. here uh, on the banks or the, the side of uh, I-77 here? Well, I go back to my days at Malone, actually, because I was an intern. When I was at Malone, I was an intern with the athletic director, Hal Smith, who you know, at the t- you know, he was mm-hmm. our 80 at the time. But I was also working at USA Track and Field with Coach Hazen. I was working for Kent State Athletic Department, working in development. And then I also was working for the Pro Football Hall of Fame as yep. an intern. This was, I don't know, almost 20 years ago now. Yeah. And um, I was a game day operations person that, you know, ran stuff down on the field and, and all that kind of stuff. And now to come all the way back full circle for me, you know, almost 20 years later and to be working here as a full-time employee is is pretty neat. Enshrinement week for, for someone who grew up around here is, you know, it's a huge week. It's, it's you got to be a part of it. You know, you're, you're either coming to the game, you're coming to the enshrinement ceremony, you're coming to the concert. You know, we've had really great success over the last several years since basically since I've come back with the new stadium being renovated and it's just a beautiful venue and it's set up so well for for those particular events so it really is it's really great so talk to us about your relationship now with the interns and those young students that may be working especially during that time of the year Uh, you have a special place in your heart for them I'm sure oh most definitely yeah and I've gotten a chance to teach as an adjunct at Malone as well just working with young sports administration students is is so much fun because that was me. That was yep. me. Yep. And I needed help. I needed advice. I needed guidance. You know, sports isn't like going to be a nurse or going to be a teacher. It's not. It's just not. You, you don't get the degree, get the certification, apply online, and then you get an interview and then you get a job. It doesn't work that way in sports. Sports is who you know, who knows you who you volunteered with, who you've interned with, who's in your network, who's on your team, where where you went to school, uh, what degree you have. It, it's so much more than, yeah. and it's it's really for the go-getter. You know, it's for someone who is going to do things differently than everybody else. If you just go, I tell students all the time, you just go apply online, you'll never, that, that means nothing. Yeah. I get, when we put a position out here, I get thousands of people who apply in, instantly. So it, there's no... Um, you have to you have to be different. You have to do things differently if you want to succeed in the in the sports administration field. And that's that's my biggest message is if you want this to happen, it's up to you. Mm. It's a hundred percent up to you and nobody else. Don't count on your mom and dad. Don't count on your coach. Don't count on your mentor to open up a door or somebody else. It is one thousand percent up to you. You have to go out and you have to get it. You have to earn it and, and make it happen yourself. Wow! So that, that's that's good. my number one message to to uh, to young people in the in the sports administration field. And I do. I feel I'm passionate about it because that that was me, and I feel like I have something of value to offer. You know those people. Well, absolutely, and you're living proof that that enthusiasm and passion and drive and determination, perseverance you know, dedication, those kind of things. When did that click for you? Give us, take us back to a time where, you know, that what's needed in this, in this field, what's needed in life in general, you know, you and I agree. Uh, when did, when did that click for you? I, when I was graduating from Ohio U, this is a story I'll share. When I was graduating from OU, it was, that was some of the hardest years of my life. It was awesome. 
but the schooling was brutal. I mean, it was just really, really intense. Um, they were, it was about a three-year program condensed down to one year during the MBA and then the same thing during the MSA year. I realized at that point that, you know, obviously I needed it. I was about to graduate. I was three months away, let's say, from graduating and needed to have a job afterward. And I really, when you go to OU, they give you a book that has all the names and positions of people who graduated from that program. And that's a real value because mm-hmm. in sports, like yeah. I said, calling those people and having someone to set a pick for you to get an interview or something like that is what you need. And I, um, I gave that book to my wife, Morgan, and I said, hey, where do you want to live? Really, that's what that that's our starting point. You know, if you say California's off the list, then I'm not okay, even going to look at anybody right. in California, yeah. you know. Um, so we started to look at, you know, kind of Ohio, Midwest, um, all the way down as far as south as Florida. You know, we, we didn't necessarily think we were going to live in Florida or anything like that. But essentially, Coach, what we did was we got in our car. She gave me that list. I started getting names. I sent a bunch of emails. I called a bunch of people. I set up meetings. And I literally just went door to door, walked in, said, my name's John Regis. I went to OU. So that's what we have in common. Um, but I'm looking for a job. And, you know, I just take any advice you could give me on that subject. And heard some great things from great people along the way. And we made it as far south as Florida. And we went to Gainesville, where the University of Florida is. And I met with a bunch of people that had graduated from the program. They had five or six that were working in the athletic department at the time. And so was the athletic director. And so the last person I was meeting with, I said, hey, do you think you could introduce me to the AD? Like, thinking there was no chance. And she's like, we could try. Let's go. And he ended up being there. And we got through the gatekeeper. And because of the, the person bringing me up there, and he gave me about five minutes. And he walked me back down then to somebody else's office. And he said, you know, John, I, I don't know why, but I like you. Come here. And okay, so we just I followed him and we went to another person's office and he kind of threw me in the door and he said, Mike, I want you to talk to this guy. I like him. And then just closed the door. And so I sat there across the table from somebody I'd never met before and shook his hand and said, hey, I'm I'm John Regas. It's nice to meet you. I'm looking for a job and appreciate any advice you could give me. And he said, okay, all right. And Jeremy, you've met with Jeremy? I said, yeah, I, I, I just met with him for five minutes right before this. Or he threw me in here. And uh, we talked for probably 20 or 30 minutes and then uh, shook hands and gave him a business card and walked out the door and a resume. And I walked out the door, called me back the next day, said, hey, we want you to come back and, and interview. And we don't have a job, but we like you. And we think there's maybe some things that you could do for us. And a week later, they offered me a job at the University of Florida. So this is you, you can't apply online and just think yeah. you're just going to make it. You got to go make something happen. You've got you have to go make it happen. And I, in my career, I never applied for a job. It's always been a Word relationship, yep. a relationship that built onto something else. Someone called me, someone contacted me, and it just worked out. I never actually filled out. Here's my name. Here's my address, and I'm applying for this position. I never yeah, done. it is an unconventional. You know, it's almost like ministry. Ministry is very similar, yep. by the way. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay, I love it. I love the story. It's awesome. I, I actually didn't know that about your 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 journey. Did you learn that you know can do attitude in sport? You know, it is really about executing your job on this field, and this is what I'm. And it comes down to me. Is that where you learned that? It has to be. Sports in general are the only 
avenue, I think, for that. I, I would also say tons of coaches influenced me, tons of players that I played with influenced me. That just determination and hard work. I would say there's a second piece to that too, though, which is my my parents. And they did, I think, an exceptional job of teaching me the value of hard work and determination when I was a little kid. I can remember my buddies doing all-nighters on Friday nights and then sleeping it off on Saturday, you know, playing video games and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and then sleeping in on Saturday all afternoon and everything else. And my dad would say, hey, you could go play video games for a couple hours. You just remember, you're going to be up at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday morning because you and I are going to go roof a house. Yeah, or sure. you and I are going to go build a fence. Or you and I are going to go paint our house. Yeah. Or cut this tree down and make firewood for the winter. Yeah. Or whatever it was. And I remember just being mad and angry about that. And I felt so entitled that, you know, <laughs> I should be able to go do this with my buddies. And uh, during those, of course, you look back now and I go, oh, thank you, Dad. <laughs> you saved me. You saved yeah. me from that life. Like, you taught me how to paint. You taught me how to build. You taught me how to chop firewood, like, and cut down trees. How and to execute. Yeah. Work hard, yeah. you know. And now I know that. Uh, you, of course, you don't know it when you're going through it, which is a good reminder for me as a parent all the time, too. But eh, kids don't always get it. Yeah. They'll get it later, but they don't yeah. always get it. So it comes from my influence in, of coaches and playing sports and just being solely determined on doing my job, but also my parents' influence uh, in that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and that's very much like my story. And so no wonder you and I are good friends, huh? Um, yeah. I'm wanting to to hear your opinion on i'm going to go off the off the script here a little bit but if we haven't we're talking obviously this whole listener base is is you know centered around the idea of positive thinking and encouragement enthusiasm and building others up and your story is one that, of repetition in in having these little what i observe to be little small successes like 6 30 on a saturday morning yes you can uh, you know, making a phone call and uh, trying to, to meet somebody uh, to build a network. Yes, you can. And that's great. You, you've worked your way all the way up into a, a position of influence here where, you know, that's very vital for you to, to coach others and getting it done. But take me back to a time where, you know, you may have faced some failure because sometimes it doesn't always work out, John. We know that. Take me back to a time, uh, any stories come to your mind when you were just working hard, you were doing the right thing, you were trying to be positive, you were, you were, you know, utilizing your skill set in making it happen, but it didn't work. And, and ultimately that, you know, was a failure or, a, or a down depressed time or, you know, what, yeah. what, what, can you think of anything that's happened? The two things, two, two different circumstances come to mind. One is happened and, and as coach and I are sitting here, we're, out, we're sitting looking at, at Tom Betts and Hall of Fame Stadium in the field. Right down there on that field, I was playing football. I was in a seven-on-seven -seven drill in the middle of the summer and, um, you know, felt like I had done everything that, that I needed to do and worked hard and did every single thing my coach was asking me. I did every single practice. I was, you know, always the first one in every drill, you know, all, all the things that, that I just, who I was. And, um, I went out for a pass and during a play and, and, uh, I fell down during the play and then the ball bounced in front of me and I, I thought somebody tripped me. You know, I just got my legs caught up in somebody else's legs and, and I turned around and there was nobody behind me. And I was like, uh oh. And then I tried to get up and I couldn't get up. 
mm-hmm. and I I reached back and my leg was on fire, and I reached back and my hamstring was gone. Like my biceps femoris, main muscle of the hamstring was just a big hole. That was a huge moment for me where it shook me to the core because I had found my identity as a football player and as a track athlete all that time leading up to that. And then it was in one moment, it was gone. It was taken away completely. Boy, that really rocked me. It was always the, you do the right things, you work hard, it's all going to work out. Yep. I did the right things. I worked hard and led well and it didn't work out. It's like, what are you going to do now? You know, that, that really, really rocked me. At the end of the day, for me, that really brought me back to wh- who am I? You know, what, what's my, what is my identity? If, cause I'm not a football player anymore. I'm not a track athlete anymore. I can't run, can't walk. So uh, I'm no longer that right now. I'm not. So who am I? And really that's where it is to this day, my identity in Christ and my faith in Christ is really what carries me through today. And that was that it took that experience to really shake me and sometimes God uses those types of experiences to shake us to to wake you up and go, "Hey, hey bud, I'm still in charge and this is my plan, not your plan. And here's a reminder, here's a good reminder for you about who you are and whose you are." That experience probably shook me more than anything because um, it took away who I was. So that's that's number one. Number two experience I'll share just quickly is when I became an athletic director, I really, for the first time in my life ever, this was really the first time that I'd ever really been in a leadership role, ma- managing and leading a lot of people and being criticized. I'd yep. never really been criticized, yeah. to be honest yeah. with you, in my entire life. Yeah. Um, that I knew of. Yeah. You know, nothing that had ever impacted me, but I was for the first time in charge. And before I was in charge, I was really, really good at being judgmental. I was really, really good at walking into a situation and picking apart all the problems mm. with it and telling people what I thought and how something should be. This rocked my world too, because for the first time I was like, wait a minute. Now I'm in, okay. So now I'm in charge and everyone's criticizing me. Yeah, they're doubting oh, your motive. They're they're questioning your intent. They're suspicious of like. your, you know, your motive. Yeah, they're For misunderstanding sure. your idealism. And, yeah. it, and it, it, a big light bulb went off in my head. Like, John, you've been doing that for years. You've been doing that for years. You've been misunderstanding people who are in leadership positions for years, and you've been judgmental and criticizing them. And um, the the story I'll end with this is: so I went through that for four years, and it was hard, and and, and everything, and then. I was in a Sheets gas station coming back to Ohio for a Christmas vacation. And I ordered, and, and the way you order at Sheets is you kind of put your credit card in and you order off like a screen and they just give you a number and you don't really know what where you are in line or anything. You just have this random number. And whenever they call your number, you walk up. So I was standing there. It was busy and it was ho- it was a holiday and a lot of people and it was cold, snowy and everything else. And I had just gone in to grab a sandwich as we filled up on our way home. And I watched these people walk up. And they didn't have enough staff and they couldn't keep up with the food and it took forever. And I watched these people go up and just, just rip this girl who was behind, who was taking the money and giving the food and stuff like that. And they just ripped her and they just ripped her. And the next person, you guys didn't have enough people. What are you guys doing? What are you thinking? And just, just judgmental and criticizing this person. And, and I had this moment where I was just watching this because I couldn't do anything else. I was just waiting for my number to be called. And I just watched five, six people go up there and just yell at this young girl and in that moment 
God told me, that's you. You're that person. You are 100% those people. That's you, buddy. Wake up. Again, an opportunity. This job, that job I was in, combined with that particular experience, I'll never forget it. Rocked my world. So I get my food, go back out to the car. I sit in the driver's seat, and I'm bawling. I'm bawling. I don't cry. I mean, I was just, I was broken. I was broken in that moment. And my wife's like, you went in in to get a sandwich and sheets and you come out (laughs) crying? I've never even seen you cry. Like, geez, what are you you doing? And I'm like, I I just had an experience. I'm broken. And from that point forward, I've been, I've tried to be, and certainly uh, I've seen a huge difference in in my life too. And just my, I'm a lot slower to criticize someone Mm. else who's in the leadership position. And I thank God for that experience because had I not had that experience, I may be the same. I may have been the same person I was before. So when I think about, you know, scenarios, situations that, that I've been put in that have changed me, those two come to mind immediately. Yeah. Identity and, and experience to, to see the world through someone else's eyes and, and to experience yeah. uh, a new circumstance uh, is you know, one of my questions usually to my guests is where do you see the hope deficits and the, you know, the, the, uh, the inadequacies in our society? And I think you just named it, you know, that people don't get it. They don't understand that, you know, we as humans are, are trying to do our best for the most part. And to stand and be critical is pretty easy. To find the negative in everything is way easier than to find the positive. And, uh, you know, one last question here for you, John. Tell us a little bit of how folks might get in touch with you, what you've been involved with here with the Hall of Fame. Tell You know, yep. here's your chance to, to, to market a little bit. What's happening this summer? The year 2020 is an awesome year for the NFL and for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's really exciting. So this is um, the, the NFL, for those of you who don't know, started here in Canton, Ohio, at a car dealership in downtown Canton, September 17th of 1920. And so this summer, we actually get to celebrate 100 years of the NFL starting right here in Canton, Ohio. So it's pretty neat. This is a very, very special year for us. Um, as a result of that, we have 20 people going in this year We uh, because of the, the uh Two thousand, you know, because of the, the centennial celebration. So we normally have between six and eight. This year we actually have twenty going in. So we have two separate um, enshrinements that are going to be taking place. One that'll happen the typical first week in August, where we'll have all of our modern day finalists and then some of the coaches going in. Um, and then in in September, September seventeenth, actually, we're going to have another event that's going to really celebrate the hundred years called the centennial celebration. And then we'll have uh, more uh, inductees, 10 more inductees going at that particular time as well. So very exciting, unique year for us. Um, lots going on in terms of the, the project that I'm a part of every day, the, the, the expansion project that's going around the Hall of Fame Village. That's really uh, at, a, at a critical juncture where we've been working really, really hard to um, see this thing happen over the last several years. Or the last three years at least, you know, it hasn't gone to plan. There's, it's a very complicated, huge project um, of massive proportion, which involves city, state, region, country, uh, local government. I mean, every everything you can possibly imagine. But we have acquired land. We have acquired permits. We have a, we're in the process of acquiring our financing. 
to be able to really, really continue to move this project forward. So phase one, what we call phase one, which is really the stadium and the youth field is complete. We have a beautiful um, NFL stadium here in Canton, Ohio. Yes. Um, and then we have these youth fields, which, um, you know, are state of the art as well. And a great, great uh, asset that are used all the time. We really hope to move the project forward in 2020 and continue to build and continue to expand uh, upon, you know, already what's what's taking place and what's here, um, you know, in this in this coming year. So it's it's really exciting. So pro football is mo- as popular as it's ever been, and uh, that's not going to change anytime soon. We're really excited about uh, about that. And you know, so if people want to get get in touch with me, you can always go to our website, which is hofvillage.com, and get more information about our project and, and what's going to be going on here. So. John, I am so proud of you. I really appreciate your time this morning. God bless you as you work and and a positive, uh, be, to to become a positive influence wherever you go with your family, with your job, with your church. In this community, you are a gem. And so keep working hard and do your best for God's glory. I am what I am because of people like you, coach. You, you spent a lot of time with me, as you know, and I was, and I had injuries and, and all the other things, but you continue to, to be positive. You know, even amongst my struggles, my deficiencies as an athlete or whatever it was, you always remained positive and you always influenced me and motivated me to, to just keep going. That was really your secret sauce, I think, as a coach, was your ability to motivate people. Yeah, you, that's why I say you're the best. You really, you really did. You, oh, you, you're very kind. You helped me a lot. So thank you. I am who I am because of people like you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You too. My name is Charlie Grimes. I'm the founder and host of the Encouragers United podcast. My intent with this project is to first and foremost encourage the encouragers, those special people in this world who, because of their experiences and their personality, are relentlessly positive and enthusiastic about all areas of life. They're gifted by God to see ways to exhort and build others up. They're often action-oriented, creative, extroverted, flexible workhorses, and they find themselves in leadership positions like teaching, coaching, pastoring, and mentoring. Another goal is to explain to the rest of the world how this person thinks, why they react the way they do to stress or conflict, and how you can best relate to us. Through teaching, discussion, idea sharing, and personal interviews, I hope you will gain new insight, learn to be patient with yourself and with others, and grow more self-aware through this content. I would hope that if you see value in this effort, identify the most encouraging, positive people you know and let them know about my work. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or my website, charlesrgrimes.com. It's a great day to be alive, so go make a difference today. Next week on the Encouragers United podcast, I meet with public relations consultant and WNPQ The Light 95.9 FM radio talk show host, Susie Thomas. She's been interviewing and encouraging people for years. I just thought it would be fun to turn the mic around on her. I hope you can join me again soon.